Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. Back in the 1980s, when he was briefly a cast member on Saturday Night Live, the actor and comedian Billy Crystal used to appear as a character named Fernando. Now, Fernando was supposed to be this stereotypical Hollywood lounge lizard, a sort of half-baked Latin leading man. And he was always dripping with shallow smarminess and quick with a smooth word for the ladies. In fact, if, like me, you're of a certain age, you might remember that for a short time, Fernando's all-purpose greeting became something of a catchphrase. And forgive the feeble imitation here. You'll know something, my darling. You look marvelous. Absolutely marvelous. And you know what I always say. It is better to look good than to feel good. <laughs> I'll admit it. Close to 40 years later now, that line still makes me smile. And though I would not even begin to look to SNL, especially these days, for any kind of pastoral insight, I can also say that in and through the congregations I've served over the years, I've discovered that for many there is indeed a grain of truth in Fernando's admonition about looking good as opposed to feeling good. Indeed, standing in a pulpit as I do Sunday after Sunday, looking out upon the people of the congregation, it's often very clear that there are those who do look a whole lot better than how it is that they're feeling. Understand, I mean no disrespect here. From my unique point of view, I can truly say that they look marvelous. But I'm also aware that while these folks might come to church dressed in their Sunday best, with hair combed and everything in order, so often what's going on inside of them is in complete disarray. And though they'll inevitably put a good face on it, smiling and greeting everyone around them as though everything's great and wonderful, you gotta know that deep within the silence of their heart, it's a mess. I can tell you, friends, that on any given Sunday morning, there are going to be people who have come to church hoping and praying that somehow, some way, in and through the hymns of praise we sing, in the prayers we pray together, or in what each one hears afresh from God's word, that the Spirit is going to speak and name their pain rightly. That just maybe they'll end up finding some measure of comfort in God's presence, or at the very least find a modicum of strength to cope with what's going on for just a little while longer. It's the reality of life and the nature of the human condition that our greatest joys become undeniably intermingled with its pain. And church is so often the place where both can be found behind the smiles of those sitting in the pews. As a pastor, I can tell you that to acknowledge both the joy and the pain within the context of our shared worship can often be a challenge, but it is a necessary one. As Willem Willimon, in an article directed at pastors and preachers, aptly wrote, I would not want to preach before a congregation who measured Sunday on the basis of how good they grinned by service's end. All it takes is one cancer diagnosis, or an anorexic child, or a pink slip from your boss, or a lousy grade in chemistry for that jig to be up. Simply put, life 
can truly be difficult, and our pain around that is very real. We may not even understand where that pain comes from, but we do know that we need something, someone, to move us from tears to laughter and to give us strength and hope for the living of these days. And so we come to church in the fervent prayer that this might happen. It's worth noting, you know, that the words of Jesus that are referred to as the Beatitudes, you know, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Those very familiar words were intended as more than mere inspirational talk. In fact, for the people of Judea in Jesus' time, the references to poverty and hungry were not at all symbolic, but they spoke to a true reality of life. When Jesus said to them that theirs was the kingdom of God, it was good news. Good news unto a people who had no other recourse but to look to and to trust in a just and righteous God for their deliverance. Given the harsh realities of poverty, hunger, and injustice that still exist in our world today, this literal understanding of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount can't be ignored. And yet, there is still room to view these verses in the context of our own spiritual poverty, the great hunger we all have for God's presence amidst the challenges of our own daily lives. Yes, this blessing from Jesus still holds true for all of us who would really like to feel as good as we look. A blessing that comes in knowing that God knows, even in our worst of times, where we are, how we feel, and why it is that we're weeping. These are the moments when God fills us up with his presence. These are the times that God brings us hope, along with strength for times of struggle and uncertainty, comfort in our times of grief, peace amidst our anger, and joy that will come like the morning. Years ago, when my wife Lisa was teaching fifth grade, she used to hold a poetry reading every year in which each of her students memorized a couple of poems to recite in an audience made up of gathered parents, family, and friends. It was a big event for her class, something that the kids prepared for all year and performed beautifully. There were occasional glitches, however, I remember in particular one little girl who, for the life of her, could not seem to remember her poem. She'd done it fine in rehearsal. She'd probably recited this poem in front of the mirror a hundred times. But now, at the moment of truth, her mind had gone blank, probably the result of some passing stage fright. And in the ensuing moments, it became clear to her and to everyone that she was not going to remember. So here was Lisa, standing quietly off stage, prompting the little girl with her next line, which she promptly repeated, only to have her mind go blank all over again. To this day, what I remember about that is that with each line of the poem, the little girl's voice became more and more shaky. Her eyes filled up with tears, and, and every single one of us in that audience just wanted to go up there and hug this kid and, and whisk her off that stage. But somehow, slowly and finally, she did it. She'd recited her poem line by line, word by word, albeit with a little help from her teacher. And when it was all done, I'll never forget it, the little girl simply heaved this incredible sigh of relief. 
smiled a broad smile, and laughed out loud. And we knew why. She was laughing because it was over. At last. (laughs) And we all laughed with her. And therein lies the parable. That behind the fragile smiles that the world sees on our faces, inside we are hurting. And truth be told, it can often be very hard to get from line to line in the continuing poetic drama of life. We've got the tear-stained faces and hearts to prove it. But the good news is that we're not alone on stage. In Jesus Christ, you see, God is with us as our prompter. Even as we're feeling lost and at our most hopeless, he'll be there in our struggle to find the next line, all the while giving us assurance that we're doing well, and then if we could just make it to the next line, if we'll just keep moving forward, he'll be there to wipe away the tears from our eyes and, and shed a few right along with us. No, we not be, may not be feeling good right now. In fact, at the moment, we might be feeling totally overwhelmed by the struggle of it all. But the good news of the gospel is that the struggle will come to an end eventually. And it will come to an end with God's ever-present help in times of trouble. And in that, the moment will also come when our smiles will be real, our laughter strong, and dare I say it again, we will feel marvelous. And that will be a blessing indeed. And that brings us to the close of this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.